BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome into the Baseball Insiders. Robert Murray, the insider of all insiders, is going to break it down today along with yours truly, Mark Carmen. What's going on with the Brewers? And how about those Atlanta Braves? The White Sox are done. The Houston Astros look dominant. And we are previewing Giants and Dodgers Game 5. The Baseball Insiders starts right now. Bert, good afternoon. What happened to your Brewers, buddy? Yeah, that was not a good display by them at all. Like that was uh, that you couldn't have scripted any, any worse for the Brewers. Are you eating a banana as we're doing the pod right now? I am. Yeah, I've uh, I've been working the phones all day, and I have not had a chance to eat until right now. So. What, what What have you found out on the Bert phone lines today that that uh, the, the Baseball Insiders public is dying to know? That I'm dying to know. Anything interesting? Oh, lots of actually. Uh, very interesting stuff. We got Padres managerial stuff. We got stuff on the Brewers. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that very soon here. So did the Brewers lose to a better team? Um, that's a really good question. I think offensively, yes, but pitching wise, no. Like with how the Brewers pitched, there's no way they should have lost that series. Like you had Burns who pitched a gem. Woodruff was was solid. Like he like he was in a position where he put the Brewers in a position to win. Um Freddie Peralta pitched well, but like the Braves, they're, they're good. But like, if you would ask me before the postseason started, who had a better chance of winning the world series, I would have told you it was the Brewers. And and here we are. So they're going to talk about Freddie Freeman's bomb for a long time in Atlanta. And I pulled some stats here, courtesy of our guy, Jason Stark over at the athletic, uh, Freddie Freeman, Oh, let's actually do it from the hater standpoint. Josh Hader against lefties career left-handed hitters are hitting one twenty-four against Hader. That's the lowest of any left-handed pitcher against left-handed hitting fellow humans is how he wrote it. Hader this year has thrown 228 pitches to left-handed hitters of those 228 pitches. How many were hit from a, for a home run before Freeman? The answer is zero. So credit to Freddie Freeman, but that was completely fluke of the moment, not something you could ever predict. And I mean, he's got a sweet swing. He's been clutch. He was all, he's been an amazing player for the Braves, but that was uh, a complete stunning way for this series to end. It was. And like, if we're talking from Freeman's perspective, like there's a reason why he's a National League MVP candidate year in and year out. And it's for that exact reason. He took advantage of a, 
of a hanging slider by arguably the best reliever in baseball. Um, and th- there's no reason why the Braves shouldn't let, uh, or they shouldn't sign Freeman to an extension tomorrow. Like it won't happen tomorrow, but like there is no way that you can let Freddie Freeman leave Atlanta since he's a free agent at the end of the year. Like, I don't expect him to like, I fully expect from what I've heard, the Braves are going to re-sign Freddie Freeman, but it's just, it's surprising that it hasn't happened already. And like, I, like if, so from that perspective, like I wonder if it's happened just because Acuna's deal, which is a hundred million, and Ozzie Albies' deal, which is so team friendly, I wonder if the Braves are nervous of giving Freeman significantly more money than those two are earning, just so it doesn't look bad. But um, from the Brewers' perspective, with Hater, like I don't know if you've noticed, but throughout the entire regular season, he has thrown one inning or less. He has not thrown more than that. Um, and even in the postseason, he did not throw more than one inning. And I know in the last game that he entered in the eighth inning, um, but he there, like he would have been the leadoff batter. Craig Council did not double switch. He also he would have been a leadoff batter the next inning, and Brad Boxberger was warming up for the ninth inning. Uh, he would have pitched the ninth inning. Like there are reasons why Hader has thrown one inning. I can't go into those reasons quite yet, um, but it played a, a big factor in the Brewers not advancing. And same with Devin Williams, like him punching a wall significantly impacted their bullpen layout. But if we're talking strictly hater, um, I'm, I'm wondering if he has thrown his last pitch in Milwaukee. That is so interesting because who would not want Josh Hader on their baseball team, right? Yeah, like he's he's a stud. Like you cannot find a more dominant reliever in baseball right now, and it, it wouldn't shock me if he's gone. I'll double down on that. It's, sounds, uh, and I don't want to read too much into what Bird is saying here because I feel like there's a line that I might cross here. But it sounds almost, I don't know, personal. Is that is that too far? Does that seem right, or is it more? There's just, uh, I don't know, Craig Council the way he wants to use his bullpen. Yeah, with the word personal, I. I wouldn't tell you you're wrong. Let's just say that. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's directed at counselor or anything because it's not, but you're, you're in the right direction there. Interesting. Interesting. I, you got to give credit to the Braves here. I mean, Acuna goes down. They could have folded it in. Instead, they went out and made a bunch of moves, picking up like Jack Peterson off the Cubs uh, trash heap and, you know, just, just, Bet on his team. Hey, we lost our, we lost arguably our best player or certainly in the top three, whatever. Yeah. And we're still going for this. And here they are in the final four. Yeah. I asked Alex Anthopoulos about that. Um, and he was like, we weren't too far back in the division at the time of Acuna's injury. They were about four or five games back. And when they acquired Jock Peterson, like they wanted to supplement that roster with talent um, and they ended up doing it. But there was also a thought in their minds that if they ended up falling too far back in the race without Acuna before the deadline, they would ended up shipping Peterson away to a different team. Um, and lo and behold, they ended up staying in it. They kept Peterson. And without him, like, do you think it's fair to say like they wouldn't have won that series or is that too drastic? I, I think it's a fair take. Look, uh, yeah. and we can pull up Jock's numbers, but he was uh, every time. Well, not every time, but I, there was plenty of Jock Peterson highlights. And he certainly yeah. looks very comfortable in Atlanta the way he's jumping around after they won it. This is a guy who's, you know, t- taking that opportunity on, trying to prove that, uh, you know, his the way his tenure ended in Los Angeles and even brief time in Chicago that, hey, I'm still a big-time player in this game, and he's a free eight. Well, he's got the option. So, uh, you know, I, th- that's a guy still looking for another big deal, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And like with what he's doing in the postseason now, like he's been here before, like this is nothing new for him. I can imagine if he ends up opting out of his contract that he's going to have a pretty decent sized market um, just because like teams are going to want this guy. And even though he was kind of an afterthought at the deadline, um, I can't think of many teams who wouldn't be able to use a guy like Jack Peterson. Like he, he's been phenomenal for them, even more than they could ask for. Who do you think the better matchup is for the Braves? I'm assuming they'd probably rather play the Giants, but maybe it's the Dodgers. I don't know, 107 or 106 win. That's not exactly uh, – you're not jumping for joy with either of those. No, that's a brutal matchup, and they're going to go into this as significant underdogs. Like They went in as underdogs against the Brewers, but like the, they're not going to be given much of a chance, at least publicly, in this. And like You would have to think they're going to be hoping the, the Giants prevail um, just because the Dodgers, they present so many matchup nightmares – like offensively, even pitching wise, it's um, and the Giants. Like these, there's people in baseball who are convinced the Giants are a fluke and that they're actually not that good, which I think is complete BS. Um, like the the Giants, they're um, the way they've been constructed. They have these really talented veterans, um, Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, who's out right now. Um, Buster Posey, like all these guys, they have really nice young players. They have bottom of the roster guys who are good. Um, and it's like all combined into just making this powerhouse of a team that nobody saw coming. Um, like I still think the giants would win that series against the Braves. Um, but like, yeah, if, if you had to ask a Braves person who they'd rather face, I think they would have to go with the giants. Like if you were the Braves, who would you, who would you want? Right. Oh, me. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd rather I'd rather face the Giants, but yeah. my guy Chris Bryant's rolling so strong here with San Francisco. I got some great Bryant, I got some great Bryant stats here, and oh. I feel like I'm sleeping on San Francisco. But the, the Dodgers are just terrifying when when everything's when everything's clicking for them. Like when when Cody Bellinger starts coming through again, and uh, I, I'm I'm like I have I have Dodger terror. Corey Seager terrorizes me when he's at the plate. Mookie, ba- like it's just an endless stream of Walker Bueller is terrifying to me. Like the Dodgers are just, are, are, they're just ridiculous. And oh yeah, they they don't even, they're not even throwing uh, that that Trevor Bauer guy. Who knows if he'll ever play baseball again? But though that yeah, Max Scherzer, let's just go get him and make him our number one. I mean, it's just kind of ridiculous. So yeah. um, I, I would say LA, but. I also am terrified, and congratulations, I guess, to the Houston Astros, who, if we can pivot to the to the ALDS here, I wonder where you stand because I, I've always been. Give me the def- the catcher that can throw out runners. I don't care what he does at the plate, and that's an old school thought, I guess, to a point. But Dusty Baker is doing this with Martin Maldonado, who's like, he's, there's no game that that guy's not going to be in the rest of the way. And the White Sox, they ran all over. It wasn't the reason that the Sox lost, but with Yasmani back there and the way Sox guys were running, I mean, the, the Astros were stealing bases without a throw, a bunch. Yeah. And when you can't shut down the running game, even in today's game, to me that's a that's just like a small part of like why the Astros are kind of, I don't know if people like sleep on the Astros or something in the Final Four for the fifth straight year, but Maldonado I think makes a huge difference for them. I could not agree with you more. And like, that was actually something I think I may have mentioned that on our first pod, uh, which hashtag go me uh, for actually being able to predict something. Cause I'm awful at predicting, but 
Um, like you're, you're right about that. Like Maldonado, like he's not a household name, especially with that Astros team, but like what he was able to do in in one calling games, but also like throwing runners out. Like I thought it was a brilliant performance that should be highlighted more. I'm glad you ended up mentioning it. Um, and like Grundahl, he's like, he's a very good pitch framer. Like pitchers love working with Grundahl. Um, but I even noticed in Milwaukee, there was a lot of guys who would steal bases on him. Um, and it, it ended up costing the Brewers at one point. It ended up costing uh, the White Sox here too. Do they love working with him? Because the White Sox allowed the most stolen bases in baseball, the highest total of wild pitch pitches, and the most pass balls combined. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to throw to that dude. I, I think he's he's gives you a quality at bat, sees more pitches than I think any catcher in baseball, maybe even any, le- any player in baseball, I think is, is the, is the number with Grandal. Yeah. but behind the plate, man, sometimes he just gets lazy. No. And, and you're right. Like that was actually a concern that the Brewers had with him too. Um, and like why they ultimately didn't make a bigger push or a bigger offer to resign him. Like I, I want to say like, so the Brewers, as I said, they, they loved working with him. And like, I've even talked to some white Sox players who have echoed the same thing, but like those numbers you just said, like obviously that's a huge concern, and like that's something they're going to have to end up addressing going forward. Um, like there is even like I don't know if this ever got reported or not, but like this was actually like a discussion behind the scenes. Like I and like this is not confirmed. This is me just throwing stuff that I ended up hearing from different sources. But there was a thought, at least around the trade deadline, that the White Sox could trade Grundahl to the Mets for James McCann. Like wow. Um, and like, I heard that from a couple different people and, um, like nobody with either team confirmed it, but like, I wonder if that could be something that either side explores again, if like they want to move on. But those numbers, you said, those are pretty damning for, for Gundahl for sure. So that's super interesting because when you look at the White Sox needs moving forward here, after losing in four games, you need a starting pitcher, you need a right fielder. And James McCann, he was extremely tight with Lucas Giolito and his breakout season last year. So that would resonate well in the clubhouse. I love James McCann. That guy's a winner all day long. Yeah. I, I, it, that it's, it'll be very interesting to see how the White Sox rework this roster. Tony LaRusse is coming back. He had a very, I'd call it rough series. Doesn't use Kopech uh, out of the bullpen in games one and two. Uses him in game three. Says he's unavailable for game four. Brings him back in game four. Maybe the Astros are really good at hitting fastballs, and you can't blame Larusa on Kopech's performance. But it didn't work out in game four. I don't know. I just thought that, uh, and, and Tony just a lot of the stuff. The Astros shifted beautifully. The White Sox. Throughout the course of the year, they're on the very low end of that. Uh, he just seems, and I would have not predicted this at all, Bert, but he seemed at least at times overmatched here. And credit to Dusty and the Astros. And I, I think there's some real looking in the mirror for the White Sox to do as to uh, this, the Tony situation. Yeah, and that was a huge concern when the White Sox hired him is they thought teams would end up running circles around La Russa, at least from a game planning perspective or like a game management perspective. And, and you could not have asked for a worse matchup for him um, than the Astros who are, who have been on the cutting edge of this for years. Now I realize Dusty Baker is not AJ Hinch, but they've kept a lot of what he's been able to do in place. 
uh, or what, what Hinch did in place. Um, and like, as you said, the White Sox are going to keep LaRusso. There's no way that Jerry Reinsdorf move, moves on from his guy after one year. Um, but in order to get over the hump with his roster, they're going to need to make significant changes. Like I'm not saying personnel changes. Like, I mean, they're going to have to add some players here and there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if their game management uh, or in-game moves don't get any better, then they're going to end up in the same exact situation next year and the year going forward or however long Larus is here. Um, that one I heard. Yeah, that, yeah, there we go. We're getting texts from uh, from different sources. I'll tell you, the off-season stuff is is definitely heated up. Like as teams are getting eliminated here, you hear more and more buzz about free agents and who might end up where. So I, I uh, like this little addition to the pod. Whenever the the, the phone beeps here, Bert is is getting info that he may or may not disclose at this very moment on the Baseball Insiders pod. Are you is this a is this a where are you going to dinner or we got a trade brewing here? Oh yeah, we got significant moves brewing. Uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, we're I'm closing in on a deal for dinner. Uh, sources close to me say, but um, like one of my goals for this podcast is to break a, a deal like while we're recording. Like if that happens, like my life will be complete, which may sound sad, um, but like no. I, I'm hoping that's the case. So let's look at what the Astros have done now in a historic fashion for a second, mm-hmm. and it's got the cheating thrown in there and. Yeah. Ryan Tapera, the White Sox, is coming over the top after game three, which was very bizarre that he's calling out the Astros for still cheating. Who knows what's going on down in Houston? And Baker called those heavy accusations. Regardless, it's the fifth year in a row that they're in the Final Four, 2017 through 2021 now. they Only the Braves, 95 to 99, uh, made it to five consecutive championship series. So, and of course, that Atlanta team only won one World Series in their incredible run. But I guess, does it feel like to really stamp this Astros team that they've got to win it again, including the fact that 2017 is tainted? Uh, But to the original point, this is, and, and yesterday on the broadcast, AJ called them just the most confident team he's seen. There is a... There is an arrogance, a belief, whatever you want to call it, on this Houston Astros team because they've had done so much winning that you you're going to have to play incredible baseball to beat them. Yeah, and yeah, and the White Sox are not able to do that. Like, and I think you're spot on with what you just said. Like, in order to beat the Astros, you need to be perfect. But with the way that they're operating right now, they're they're a team on a mission to prove that their World Series previously were not won just because of their cheating scandal. You can see with how they move. You can see with how they, they operate in, on the mound or in the batter's box. And even, okay, so the, the sign to me that showed kind of like how pissed off they are or maybe just how confident they are in themselves is after Ryan Tapera made those accusations, Dusty Baker responded with, who is he? I've never heard of him. And like, <laughs> I thought that was the gooniest. I maybe goon, like Is gooniest a word that – sure. On this pot, it's a word. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. And the, the huevos that, that it, it had to like actually say that publicly. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome and something that baseball's lacked, but that Astros team is super confident. The Red Sox are going to pose a challenge to them. Um, but like with the way that they're playing and how confident they are, I would not be surprised if they represented the, the American league in the world series. Like, and they're going to be a matchup nightmare. Um, no matter if they end up playing the Giants or the Dodgers, like that's going to be an incredible series. I mean, I don't see anybody beating Houston, although 
I think that actually dramatically changes it. McCullers, their forearm tightness is what's coming out after he left after four innings. They lose their number one starter. Yeah. That's a huge problem. And actually, I, I want to walk back what I said because their, their rotation isn't that deep. And even if there isn't anything significantly wrong, it's hard to come back from something like that in the middle of a postseason run. So that's a major, major issue for the Astros. But yeah. that lineup, I call that lineup the best uh, lineup in, in the postseason right now. And that's, and that's stacking up against some good lineups. Yeah. But, like, who, who do you want to face in that lineup? That thing is, is just loaded. And Jose Altuve now in 19 home runs in the postseason, third most all time. That's, a, that's for Mr. 5'6", uh, second baseman, that's, that's kind of incredible. Bert, what are you hearing about Dusty Baker's future in Houston? Anything? Because I talked to some Astros people uh, when they were in town this week, and it seems like it's, there's no lock that he's actually going to be back. Yeah, and if he's not back, I think that would be a, a big mistake by them. Because, like, so if you're looking at the situation that he ended up walking into, like, there are not many people who could have kept that, the train on the tracks there. Because um, he was walking into basically a, a – I don't know if we can swear on here. Um, Go ahead. A uh, shit show? I was about to say a shit show or a shit storm. Um, and like the way that he was able to navigate that entire situation, obviously it wasn't perfect, but it was as good as you could have hoped for. Um, and yeah, he may not be a guy like AJ Hinch. He may not be on the cutting edge of analytics, but he's gotten the Astros to where they are in back-to-back seasons. Um, I've heard some concerns about, like how he, I don't want to say how he handles player interactions, but like some players don't necessarily love the guy um, from what I can tell. Um, and I still think the Astros would be making a mistake if they ended up letting him go. Um, and they haven't even started negotiations with him yet. Like as these other teams are signing their managers to extensions, like even teams that are way out in the, they didn't make the postseason by a lot. Like Tori Lavello with the Arizona Diamondbacks, like he got extended. I mean, it was for one year to be fair. Um, but like Baker wasn't, he wasn't extended or he hasn't like, had those talks yet. And if he ends up leaving Houston, I wonder if the Padres end up hiring him just so that he can kind of get their culture right. Uh, I don't know if he's exactly on their list, but I think the Padres could do a lot worse than Dusty Baker. Is that because we got a new GM in Houston? I mean, where is that the biggest reason that Baker's? Because I mean, he wasn't the chosen guy when he. I don't. I, I'm trying to figure this out because, like, hey, uh, they made the playoffs last year. They're in the Final Four now. It's normally not a guy that gets fired. No, and like maybe yeah, I think that can end up being a big reason why is like he would want his own guy, um, and you maybe you end up looking at somebody from the Tampa Bay Rays who are just brilliant. What they've, they, they've had a, a pipeline come out of their front office and also their coaching staff too. So it wouldn't be surprising if they ended up having somebody from Tampa on their radar. Um, but I still think if they ended up letting Dusty Baker go, that would be a, a big mistake and, and something they end up may regretting down the line. What kind of chance do you give the Red Sox against the Astros? Yeah, like the way the Astros are performing, I think – the, the Astros are the favorite, but I, I, you can't rule out the Red Sox because they feel like a team of destiny at this point um, with how they ended up one beating the Yankees and then two not knocking off Tampa um, when nobody or hardly anybody gave them a chance. Like what the Red Sox have done is they've ended up escalating their rebuild by a lot. Um, and like, 
Heim Bloom has, has made it clear that they're not where they want to be. They want to build this thing into a sustainable winner. Um, and like, but they've been able to put these pieces in place and add at the trade deadline, like with a guy like Kyle Schwarber um, and even some other players without gutting their farm system, which is a lot better than what it was when Bloom took over. Um, I, I think the Astros are going to end up being favored here. I think they end up winning, but it wouldn't shock me if this thing goes to at least six games. I mean, I might be scarred because, you know, I was around the White Sox pretty much all season long for the last however many years now. And the Astros just were the better team and it wasn't close. And a lot of people didn't like the White Sox. I actually did. I thought the White Sox were a very good baseball team this year. They didn't play great in the second half. And maybe those Sox will look back on that as they made a mistake not pushing for home field, which they lost by two games. And But I don't even think that would have made a difference. Uh, you know, so... Uh, the the Astros look like trouble. All right, big big game tomorrow as we're recording. Giants and Dodgers, Bert. Uh, let me give you a let me give you a little historical stat here. This is the fifth time in the World Series era that two teams with a hundred plus regular season wins or more have met in a winner take all postseason baseball game. Would you? Can you name any of the other times that has happened, Mister Baseball Insider? Which is not a, a trivia guy. No, I'm I'm like the worst trivia guy you'll ever met or you'll ever meet. And plus, I'm hungry, so I'm not. Uh, I, I can't even like the two bananas did not fill me up. By the way, we're still uh, we're still struggling over here. Man's gone two bananas in the middle of a podcast. You got to appreciate it. 2017 <laughs> Astros Dodgers. The Astros were 101 wins. The Dodgers were 104. That was in World Series Game Seven. Um, George Springer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1977, Reggie Jackson's 101 Yankees over George Brett's 102 win Royals team. Oh. Thir- 1931, my favorite year of baseball. Uh, <laughs> that was that was Pepper Martin's Cardinals over Lefty Grove's Philadelphia A's in 1912, baby, in game eight when they used to have the nine game series. Smokey Joe Woods, 105 win Red Sox over Christy Mathewson's 103-win New York Giants. But here wow. we go, game five. What's, what's, what's your favorite storyline going into this game? Oh, gosh. I, like, there's too many storylines to pick here. But, like, I think it's the, the tale of the pitching matchup here for, for me. Um, having Logan Webb go for the Giants and then also having Julio, or, um, having Julio Urias going for the Dodgers, like, that's – it's not the premier matchup that many people would have hoped for, especially like from the Dodgers and like the Giants are set up perfectly. Um, but the Dodgers, they're not having Walker Bueller or uh, Max Scherzer go. But Urias has plenty of experience. He's got seven postseason wins by the time he's 25 years old. Like he's got plenty of experience. And Logan Webb, like, I, I think the Giants are their favored. Like, at least they have the matchup advantage here. Because I think Webb has the potential to be an absolute star. And like there is no bigger stage for him to establish himself in that mold as as this one. And like I watch him and I know Hunter, our producer here, um, is is gonna like this or like this comparison, but I watch him and I see Matt Cain, at least from a looks perspective. Like I cannot not watch Webb and see Matt Cain. Like it happens every time. And Kane stepped up in some big moments for the Giants during their, their during their runs, and I, I think the Giants end up coming out on top of this one because um, having a home field in this kind of a game is huge. 
Um, and I think Webb is a, a big key in that. And I think he'll end up stepping up to the plate here. The Giants got Chris Bryant for a song because apparently there was no market for the guy and the Cubs were punting on everyone. Yep. So far in the series, he started in right field, left field, center field, and first base. Yep. Four different games, four different positions. Never been done before. And this is a guy, by the way, middle order hitter, and he's hitting about 500 in the series, just for the record. Yeah. Nobody wanted Chris Bryant. I don't get it. Uh, what? What? You, I'm not saying he's the key to the series, but he's meant a lot to that team. He has. Like, he's been a huge difference for them. And, like, having that kind of a guy in the lineup is is something they ended up lacking in the middle of the order. Um, and And now that they – like so what he's done offensively and defensively is he's given them so many different options and allowed them to play the best matchups throughout their entire lineup. And yeah, it's like, it's tied two to two going into this game. Um, and I, I think having him is going to end up being like, it's going to be a huge advantage because as you said, he's been fantastic in this series, but if we're even taking a step further, looking at his free agent market, like this is only going to enhance what he's got here or like what he's going to end up having in terms of a market, and how many teams are going to be in and, and what kind of a contract he lands is obviously this, the shortstop class or this middle infield class um, is as stacked as it gets. Um, and like, that's going to impact some of these guys, but Bryant, he can play all these different positions and he's not going to be put into this box. Um, he should have a pretty strong market. I know I've told you before that I think he ends up staying in San Francisco. Like I'm very confident in that. Like he loves it there. Um, and like, you can even tell with like the, the juju he plays with, like juju is my favorite word. I even use that word to text you today. You um, did. I did. And it, yeah, well, <laughs> but, but either way, like when I first saw it, I was like, are we having, is this, are we having Smith Schuster on the pot? I was a little confused, but then I got it. I, you know, I'm being the old man Carm here. It took me a second on your juju. But then, yeah. I, then I gave you the long juju. I, I added a bunch of U's onto the juju. I thought that was a good cut touch by me. Oh, it absolutely. It was. And like, I was at the gym when we were texting back and forth. And I'll tell you, after I got the extended U's at the end, I was, it was pump city for me. It was, oh, it was real good. So I, I since you brought that up, uh, I, I just have to uh, let people know what it's like <laughs> to text with, Ro- with Robert Murray. Because <laughs> er, earlier in the week, um, uh, let's see here. It was, let's see here. Let's see. We were trying to figure out a time of doing the pod. And I said, do you want, you want to do one o'clock? And you said, I can probably do that since I'll be on my way to the park then. And then I said, we could do nine if you want. Then you said, I think I'd prefer 11. You good with it? And I said, let's do one. And you said, wow, love that. <laughs> and so, and so <laughs> so I thought that you were texting somebody else. So I wrote you back and said, cause I did like, let's do one. You don't normally get a wow. Let's do that on a, let's do one o'clock. Like normally you get a cool or okay, or I'll be there. Wow. Love that. I thought that was over the top. So I wrote back. I'm sure that I'm not sure that was meant for me. And you said, ha <laughs> it was, I'm just an energetic guy. Plus I'm in the middle of a really good workout, feeling good. And that's when I knew that I was a Robert Murray guy for life. That's my dude, Bert. I'm with you, buddy. That's wow. the energy that I want in my life, pal. Yeah, I love that, baby. I'm telling you, you can't you can't ask for anything less than that. I, like the hype levels at a billion when you get a good workout. And so I had to 
even put it through my text messages to you. Wow. Love that. Let's do one. I'm like, this, this guy can't be, can't be texting me. No one would ever say that, but that's how Bert rolls. That's how you roll, bro. Yeah. That's how it's done. That's how we get scoops is the hype level is always, uh, always high. That's, uh, that's how it's done. Only way to live, my friend. Give me your, uh, give me your Dodgers Giants prediction on the way out here. I will say the Giants win three to two. That is what I'm going with. Uh, by the way, your dog is making a, a nice appearance in the background. Way to go, Poppy. Um, <laughs> she's making herself comfortable. They all look and they get a little turn. Good job. Good job, buddy. Uh, we're we're yeah. going to go. We'll, we'll go for a walk after this. Um, so, all right, three, two. I'm not, and I'm assuming in that three, two, I just, I, I want KB to be the reason for that three. Give me a give me a Bryant double in the eighth inning, and um, Cub fans will be weeping on their couch, remembering when twenty three played for, and well, now he's twenty three. When seventeen was a uh, winning World Series in Chicago, and then being traded for the Giants' ninth and thirtieth prospects. Still. Uh, yeah, and let me just let me just say this, which I, I and I'm Jed Hoyer has been in baseball, and I'm sure uh, I, I think you do you think positively of Jed Cubs GM slash president. Actually, they're they're going to hire a general manager, which we can talk about in the offseason as to who the hell the Cubs are going to hire. But do you are you a Hoyer believer or, or still waiting to figure that out? So I think he's a very good executive, but I know there's a lot of people who are in wait and see mode with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the opinions around the league are, are varying. Um, but from my experiences with a guy, I like him. I think he's a, he's a, a very nice baseball man. He's a uh, certainly, he's an excellent communicator. I'll, I'll say that handles the media. Well, he also goes to the same tennis store that I do to get his racket strung. Your advantage. Great spot in Chicago. Give a little shout out to my guy who will never sponsor this podcast, but should sponsor this podcast. So I do, I do like tennis guys who run baseball teams, but my point is, is not really on jet. It's more on these owners, Bert. They don't know anything about the game. Tom Ricketts. You own the Cubs because your dad started TD Ameritrade and you're a billionaire plus. So you ended up running a baseball team and okay. You were fortunate enough to go out and get, Theo Epstein to run it for you. That was a smart move, but he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. That's the, I mean, and that's not just, that's not a shot at the Cubs. That's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 let's the, like football, the Davis family. I think they know what the hell they're doing. Uh, Chicago, the bears, the McCaskies. I mean, so it's just, I don't know. I don't know what my, my overriding point here is other than the fact that letting Chris Bryant go for the ninth and 30th prospects is, is not exactly uh, the way, of course you could always bring him back, but I just, it, it did not make a whole lot of sense to me. No. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, like, it didn't make sense to me either. Like I thought like, so they, I feel like they had to trade Bryant because there was no chance he was going to resign with them in the off season. Um, but I fully expected that deal to be a lot more lucrative than it was. Like I expected them to be able to land a guy like maybe Joey Bart or something was a top prospect for the giants. And, um, and seeing the eventual package that they gave up, I thought it was underwhelming, but you like at the same time, you could have been the Colorado Rockies and had a GM not trade Trevor Story, who was the most obvious trade candidate in baseball. And now they're only going to get a draft pick in return. Like it, it could have been worse, but um, it certainly could have been better at the same time. Yeah. Well, Brian, yeah, he, you're, you're saying that he, that he loves San Francisco. Yeah. Maybe he does, but he said he loves Chicago. I mean, this is a guy who he does not say a negative word. So it'll be interesting what happens in the offseason. All right. Enjoy game five. 
Enjoy Astros and Red Sox. Congrats to the Braves. Work to do for the White Sox. Work to do in Milwaukee. I think we covered a lot of ground today, Robert Murray. Yeah, we sure did. It's uh, just an average podcast for us. As we're all we're all across the league. We're leading the league in information is what we're doing, Carmen. Hey, that's exactly uh, why you tune into the Baseball Insiders. Anybody who leaves a rating or a comment, we really, 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 really appreciate it as we try to get this thing off the ground. Episode number three in the books. We will talk to you next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.